Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. A couple of weeks ago, I asked my friend Jack DeLosa of The Entourage to join me in a masterclass. So we hosted a masterclass together and I interviewed Jack about how we should be navigating COVID-19 and lockdowns as small business owners. And I just thought, do you know what? We should put this on the podcast because it is so inspiring and so practical what he has to say. And part of the reason why I wanted Jack to be on this masterclass with me is because he has navigated really tough seasons in his own business. And his story, you just have to listen to it. His story is crazy. And I know that if you are feeling stuck right now, if you are really kind of feeling like, oh, I'm struggling to bounce back. I'm struggling to stay resilient. I'm struggling to keep my mindset right. I'm struggling to even know what to focus on, what what I should be doing, how to respond rather than react. Then this conversation is for you. Really, I don't have anything else more to add, except that you should listen to this. And if you have found it helpful, which I know that you will, please share it. I, I really want people to to really feel inspired and to feel like, actually, do you know what? We've got this. Even as in Australia, so many businesses are just kind of wondering where the light at the end of the tunnel is. This gives you a really great perspective and and practical things you can do each day to keep your mindset right, to stay on top of what's really important right now. So share it. If you love it, please let me know. Send me a DM. Send Jack a a DM as well. We've linked his socials uh, in the show notes as well. So definitely, I'm just really excited for you to hear it. I think this conversation is going to be super helpful. Now, full disclaimer, we've just exported the audio from this video that we did together. So the audio is whatever. We're we're doing the best we can, but it's really good. So that's why I wanted to put it in here anyway. I am going to stop talking and we are just going to dive straight into my live masterclass with Jack DeLosa of The Entourage. I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Jack, for joining us to talk all things COVID, small business. And yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Laura, so good to be here. I remember our last discussion and I absolutely loved it. So when you said, can you come talk to my crew? I was like, I would absolutely love to. So I'm happy happy we're doing this. Yes. And it's a crazy time to say the Mm. least. I feel like, actually, to be honest, this past week, I've felt a bit like, what can we do that's practical and helpful while still also being real and kind of going, this is a really... Uh, unprecedented for want of a mm. less kind of cliched word, but mm. it's kind of hard to know what to do that's helpful, that's that's actually going to have a positive impact. Mm. And so I, I'm really looking forward to having this discussion and and helping the people who are joining us live or watching the replays or listening to this later 
I guess the big thing and part of the reason why I wanted to have you here, Jack, is you have built your business and you have shown a lot of grit and determination even in tough seasons and you talk about it a lot and I'm really looking forward to unpacking that today. But one thing I've loved about watching your journey is that you've kept, you have this brilliant way of keeping the most important thing at the forefront. You always maintain your focus on, okay, what are the things that we need to do right now? What are the things in our business? What does our business require of us in this season? And so I'm really looking forward to getting some of your perspective on how we as small business owners can respond and and can not only just uh, keep our business afloat during this time, but actually how we can really knuckle down and come out the other side of this stronger than we were before. So I'm really looking forward to hearing some of your insights. But for anyone listening, Jack is like a friend of ours and and really I just think you've walked the walk for much longer than people would see or know. And I think your journey has been quite definitely inspiring to me and definitely I think really timely for right now. Yeah. So I guess well, I, where I'd kind of love to start, Jack, um, and if you're joining us live, jump into the chat and let us know where you're joining us from and what type of business you run. But I guess where I'd love to start is I really want to dive into a bit of your story because I think it gives people a bit of context on how to navigate tough seasons. And mm. I'd love to kind of unpack Talk to us about 2016 mm. for you because that was a crazy time in your business journey. Mm, mm. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful introduction. Um, and, yeah, I just want to reflect that straight back to you, Laura. You're such a shining light for so many people and I think that's so important at this time. Um, and, yeah, for everybody watching, hey, Mel, she says, Newy Local. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Newy represent. <laughs> yes. Honey <laughs> from Melbourne. Baby homewares, that's awesome, Tony. I'm, I'm also in Melbourne. Uh, okay, so 2016. So, you know, I've always been um, a business owner, an entrepreneur, an investor. Um, I've, I've started and built companies. My company prior to the entourage was a company called MBE Group. We would help um, small to medium-sized businesses raise money from investors and build value and ultimately exit. Um, we, you know, over a period of about three years, we enabled our clients to raise about $300 million from investors um, and, on the, and, you know, became one of Australia's fastest growing companies in the, in the process. Um, and so MBE gave me a really good foundation from a credibility standpoint, from a capability standpoint, from a kind of a profile, stamp media profile, you know, financial foundation and all, all of that sort of stuff. And so in 2010, I, I kind of used that platform to start a company called The Entourage, which, uh, you know, I started off pure dissatisfaction and inspiration, dissatisfaction with how little we do as a culture to enable and to help uh, business owners and entrepreneurs to succeed in life and business, right? I, I still have that dissatisfaction today. And inspiration knowing the, the success stories that we helped create at MBE uh, that we would be able to do it again for, for sort of high-growth companies that we work with today at the Entourage. And so uh, the Entourage has become Australia's largest uh, business coaching and training institution. We've got 500,000 members across the world. Um, 
And we essentially work with business owners who are really good at what they do. They're, you know, we've got, we, we essentially do two things. We help six-figure business owners grow to seven and we help seven and eight-figure business owners to scale and to grow a business that can that can grow beyond them and that can work without them being operationally involved. And so whether you're an accountant, whether you're a chiropractor, whether you're a personal trainer, you know, accountants learn accountancy, but they don't learn how do I build a commercially scalable business model in, in my accountancy or a chiropractor learns about the spine and the back, but they don't learn how do I build a commercially scalable business model around it. Personal trainer learns all about the physiology in the body, but they don't learn how do I build a commercially scalable business around it. And so people that, that, that come to us are generally doing a revenue of anywhere from uh, sometimes a couple of hundred grand, sometimes half a million dollars. Uh, the average revenue for us is about 3.5 when they come in, but that sort of goes right up to 20 or $30 million revenue companies. And then you go to, public companies were often called on by, you know, the Virgins or the Microsoft or different universities um, to go in and help them with strategy and structure as well. And so that's that's kind of um, been my life forever is building businesses in a meaningful way, uh, investing in great companies and, and helping business owners to succeed. In 2016, that was the biggest challenge not only of my career, but probably of my life. I started on Trojan in 2010 and we work with business owners who are great at what they do. 2015, we're trading at a valuation of $50 million. Um, and at that point, we said, let's go into accredited education to offer diplomas and advanced diplomas. So not just coaching and training for real business owners, but let's do some stuff that people coming out of high school or people that want to drop out of high school or people that want to leave university because they're not learning anything about business can come to the entourage. And so we went into that space, which is essentially government qualifications, government funding, um, and we built an institution around that space. We came into that space incredibly successfully. Like a lot of our statistics, student success rates, student engagement rates, student completion rates were literally 10 times industry average. And the intent was to change the education system from the inside out, which which we would have done. Um, there were a couple of dodgy providers in that space back in 2015 and 16, and so the government essentially re-regulated the space. They were trying to wipe out the industry uh, and they succeeded. And so they, they essentially, um, at one point they said, if you're new to the space over the last two years, we're not going to pay you for the next six months and we were new to the space. And so you, you, if you can imagine you've got all of these students or customers and you've got teachers, you've got mentors, you've got, you're paying advisors. I had 90 staff at the time. Um, you know, we had a 1,500-square-metre campus in Ultimo in Sydney. And so you're still paying everybody and still looking after the students because looking after customers is a non-negotiable for us, um, but you're just not seeing the cash. And then at the six months became nine months for us that was a cumulative cash lag of about nine, sorry, about $6 million. Six months became nine months, cumulative cash lag of $6 million. And then at the end of that, they, they changed the regulations, which, which essentially meant we, we and everybody else in the space needed to come out of that space. What that meant is that meant we're three months away from a monthly loss of $800,000. We needed to go from a team of 90 people to a team of 40 people, which, which we did in a matter of days, which wow. when you've got a culture like ours is similar to cutting off your right arm. Uh, and we needed to... We needed to rebuild the business, but it wasn't like, oh, we needed to start again. Starting again would have been a fucking walk in the park relative to what we needed to do. We needed to, we needed to, yeah. we needed to build a new business, new business model. We didn't have any products, any business model that was going to survive beyond three months. We needed to do that from five or six million dollars in the hole, and uh, we needed to do that with a cost base of about one point two 
million per month that we obviously needed to reduce significantly. And so it was, yeah. it was, I, I, you know, I see thousands of businesses a year. I don't think I've ever seen a business that distressed and survive. And so, yes, yeah, so that was the hardest two years of my life and it was, it was incredibly challenging for me and many of my team who are still with me today. And so essentially we, we chose to not give up. We, I was seeing liquidators, I was seeing administrators, and they all said the same thing. They all said, Jack, you cannot trade out of this, like you're gone. And for me, it was just a complete refusal yeah. of that perspective and, and choosing my own reality. And then, and then getting the fuck out of bed every day and putting one foot in front of the other and just not quitting. Um, you fast forward sort of two and a half years after that point and we were growing faster than ever. We were more profitable than ever. Our members are getting greater success stories than ever. Our members are more mature than ever. We're smarter, we're wiser, we're better, we're faster. And so, you know, I do think that it's our periods of our greatest challenge or the periods of our greatest growth provided we don't give up. And sometimes giving up is a, is a reasonable strategy as well. It's just that we didn't choose to do that in this instance. And so it's kind of like when you're in real distress, when you're as distressed as we were, you're kind of in that period of distress for let's say anywhere from like 12 to 24 months. But then you come out of a period of and you're no longer distressed, but the road back is usually like, you know, a multi-journey. Yeah. And so when COVID hit, we were a little bit worried that, you know, something similar might happen and we've been really fortunate to navigate COVID in a way where we've navigated it really well. But um, it feels to me like we've spent the last five years doing what every other business is now going to be doing for the next five years. And so we're in a really good position to help guide and lead business owners through this period because I've fucking lived and breathed it for too long myself. Oh, it, your st- it's just crazy. Your story is crazy. And I think it's so wild how it in a way mirrors, yeah. mirrors kind of what so many business owners are finding yeah. right now, this immediacy of mm. we we have to stop trading as of 5 p.m. Mm. tonight. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it like the and the the idea that how are we I think it's a really good perspective to also be thinking, okay, we we kind of go through this part where it's lockdowns and it's like no one knows when the end date mm-hmm. is, but then the road back, how do we make sure that mm-hmm. we're putting practices in place to make sure that we are set up to be online we are set up in a way that we are profitable Mm. and making sure that we kind of almost go back to that minimum viable product and go what is our main thing and how do we cut all the other crap and I feel like in your journey how did you so essentially you were how, like how much in debt did you have? <laughs> <laughs> you said all your numbers and I was, I was nodding going, it just sounds like a lot. Millions upon millions. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, so the cumulative cash lag was about six and, uh, you know, our total debt when the changes came in was probably somewhere between four or five. But that's not including the equity that I raised as well. Because when, you, when you're distressed right. and you're as distressed as we are, as we were, um, sometimes, like, 
you could have almost made the argument it was financially smarter for me to raise the white flag, put the keys on the table and walk away. There's a couple of reasons I didn't do that. Firstly, what we do at the entourage I, I, I view as my life's work, and that's not to say that my life's work won't change and evolve and move into new horizons, which it sort of currently is in, in a sense. I'm doing more stuff around personal and spiritual development. But uh, I'm so aligned to the work and it's so meaningful and uh, it's it's more than just a business. And I think that's true for so many business owners is it's like, no, motherfucker, this is personal. Like, um, yeah. and it's not true for every business owner. Some some entrepreneurs are super detached and they're like, sweet, that, that asset's distressed, put it under, work, rock under the next one, rock and roll. I'm just not like that, particularly with, particularly with the entrepreneur. It's like, it's like a child. So, um, yeah, it, it may have made more financial sense to, to, to raise the white flag. I didn't do that because I love what we do. I've got a team that love what we do. We've got members that love what we do and follow us and look to us for guidance. Uh, and so giving up just, just wasn't an option. Um, and so, yeah, we had, we had a couple of million dollars at the bank in debt. We had, oh, um, I don't know, probably up to about seven fifty or eight hundred with the ATO. We had invoice factoring. Yeah, we had um, creditors that we pushed back for for as long as humanly possible. Uh, and then we had some other finance facilities as well. So yeah, and that's it. that's in addition to equity funding that I also raised. So yeah, it, it required a lot of cash. Yeah. How the heck did you? My brain is processing. So, and and I love and the reason why I wanted to start with your story because I think it just frames up so well. Okay, how can we? How can we physically? Like, I think the idea of, and I really didn't want this to be like a pep talk of like you know pivot and and you know press on and support your local business or any of that because I feel like we did that at, yeah. we did that last time <laughs> and and it was great that mm. we did that but I think now people have pivoted they have done the work and I think now it's like how do we actually keep our mindset mm. right when we don't have clarity on the mm. future and so for mm. you like how did you actually did you do anything intentional like to get your brain to like go, we're not giving up, I'm going to find a way to make it through this? Um, it's something that I had to learn throughout that process. I had started, I mean, I've always been a student of personal development, high performance, that kind of stuff, like since I was, I mean, you know, neurolinguistic programming, cognitive behavioural therapy, psychology, neuroscience, since I was a, literally about eight years of age. So I've always been in that stuff, but it's been more like, it was always more like around high performance. I I'd spent my life studying success. I knew very little about failure. And, and managing yeah. mental health and your consciousness and your body during extreme distress was something that I needed to learn. And so mm-hmm. in the beginning you do it poorly. And what does doing it poorly look yeah. like? So here's the thing. Okay. We've got a world that's obsessed and addicted to thinking, right? We're always thinking. There's a, there is an incessant chatter. 
if, if you're a human with a head, this is true for you, where there's an incessant chatter and the vast majority of the time it's, a, it's, it's negative and most people live their life with an underlying subtle sense of inner suffering. And the incessant chatter is things like we're either reminiscing about a painful past we're thinking about a feared future, what's going to happen, what's going to happen to me. We're projecting and forecasting loss in our imagination. We're comparing to others. We're wallowing in self-pity. You know, there's this incessant chatter, and for most people it's a 24-7 thing. Now, there's there's two things you can do you can to, to get out of thinking. You can, you can fall below it or you can rise above and transcend it. And, and what you do in the beginning is you fall below it. Now, how do you fall below thought? Start drinking too much wine. I'm actually I drinking wine. I love that you're drinking now. wine. When, you, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I should have actually poured a glass myself. <laughs> Nothing wrong with having a glass of wine. In all seriousness, and I'm not just saying that because you're, you're, you're drinking a glass of wine. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine. Um, particularly in your case, Laura, you've deserved it and you earned it. Um, <laughs> but. Are we, are we having a couple of glasses of wine because we enjoy it and sometimes it's going to be a stress relief, that's cool, but we don't want to get into a pattern where we're having a few glasses every night and we're reliant on it or we're using it to medicate, right? That's called falling below mm. thought. How else do we fall below thought? Drugs, caffeine, sex. I mean, sex can be a really healthy and beautiful thing, again, unless you're using it to medicate and you're approaching it with a take and a and a toxic kind of energy, right? We all, we all know yeah. that the negative things that we do, whether it's wine or drug, whatever it is, gossip, right, fall below yeah. thought. So, so we've, turned, we've kind of switched off the incessant chatter. We feel better momentarily, but we haven't, but we're doing it in a destructive way. What's far better to learn how to do, and this is what I had to learn how to do, is I had to learn how to transcend thought. So rather than fall below it, I had to transcend it. And there's a few yeah. ways to do that. The, the most effective way to do that, particularly if you're somebody with a busy mind, is learn to meditate. Love Vedic it. meditation for me is, is, my, is absolutely preferred above all else because you, when you try and meditate in silence, particularly if you've got a busy mind like anybody on this call, I guarantee you we've all got busy minds. Well, we're fucking here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meditating and trying not to think in, in the beginning, like particularly if you haven't meditated before, it's like you sit there trying not to think and then you're thinking and then you're thinking about the fact that you're thinking but you're thinking that you shouldn't be thinking and you <laughs> I might as well be fucking working. It'll be a hell of a lot more productive. What am I doing here thinking about not thinking? And it's, you know, it's not all that productive. <laughs> and Taylor Murray says, I feel stupid. <laughs> and so Vedic meditation is with a mantra and, and, and the mantra stills the mind and it steals the mind and it enables the rest of you to float into a deep state of rest. Guided meditations work for some people, never works for me. Meditation is good to transcend thought. Yoga is good to transcend thought. Exercise is good to transcend thought. What, what you're doing when we're going through a period of distress is you want to you want to it's not just about what do we do it's equally about what do we remove and we we have a yeah, society that. that is that we have stress upon stress upon stress we're stressed out of our business so we get home and we drink alcohol which adds stress to our nervous system um yeah we have an argument or we get back on our emails before bed so then we don't sleep really well 
and then we get up at 5 a.m. and go train or we get up at 8 a.m. and straight into pick up the phone. And then we go and have a coffee, which again adds more stress to the nervous system. And then we eat some sugar at 3, 3 o'clock because we get tired and that adds uh, poison to the nervous system. And then we get home, we drink wine, we start, you know. And so when you're yeah. literally, it's just stress upon stress upon stress upon stress. And so I'm not saying that we need to be, you know, nuns and priests and never, never have a lolly or never have a glass of wine. I, I don't actually subscribe to that. But what I do think is a really useful exercise for everybody is bring consciousness and bring awareness to everything you're putting into your body, including your thoughts and your emotions, and decide consciously what's going to be best for you. And sometimes having a glass of wine is a really good thing. Um, but provided we're, we're bringing consciousness to it and we're not doing it as escapism or to medicate. Yeah, that's so, so good. And I like that it's quite active. So it's not just, you know, like you're talking about managing your mental health, really being conscious of your mm. thoughts and thinking about, because there's so much around us right now where we, we're not in mm. control. And uh, like for me, I love being in control. I'm like, I like to plan things. I like to make things happen. I like I want to be in control. And so this thing for me, I think I had an, a day the other mm. week where I was like there was people talking about negatives around the vaccine, people talking about positives of the vaccine, mm. and then I, I think I just by the end of the day I was like I feel so depleted and drained mm. by this. And and it's not even the the politics of it. I think it's just the the sheer volume of opinions and all of the other stuff, it's really hard to filter that out as well. So I love that, managing your mental health. And actually no one else can do that but you. Yeah. And it's, it's totally your space to be really proactive in. I love that thought. Um, I think that's really, really yeah. cool. So. What do you think, Jack, when, like, thinking about COVID, thinking about small business and, and you know, I, I love, like, with the entourage, you guys have kind of these six key areas that you focus on building with people. What do you think are the key areas we should be focusing on in our business right now? Like, if your business is closed, if your business is operating at a limited capacity or you're finding that you aren't getting the revenue that you're you used to, What's the big thing you reckon we need to be focusing yeah. on? Yeah, I think it's a few things. I think it's about first identifying where you are accurately. I think the second thing is strategizing. And then I think the third thing is getting engaged in uh, and being guided by the strategy. So there's three things there. Yeah. I'll spend a few minutes unpacking each. So the first thing is determine where you are. So every business is affected differently by COVID. Right. There's, there's, a, when, when COVID hit, my thought was, okay, we're all in the same economy, you know, so it's sort of a shared economic experience, but every business is going to be hit differently. What are the different categories that different business owners are going to be in? And so I essentially determined there's four different categories. Category one is distressed, fighting for survival, right? My gym yeah. has shut. 
I have got no customers. I'm winning no new customers. My existing customers are cancelling their contracts. I'm continuing to need to pay certain bills that I can't negotiate my way out of. I'm fighting for survival. Category one is distressed. Category two is I'm challenged, which is uh, where um, let's say you're a consultancy and you you can deliver digitally. You haven't been completely shut down, but there's been a decline in sales and maybe a slight increase in client attrition, um, and so you're challenged, yeah. right? Category three is you're doing well. There's been an increase, right? Um, unfortunately, counter to what I said a moment ago about, you know, being conscious around our alcohol intake, if you run a bottle shop right now, you're in category three. You're doing well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, certain law firms are doing well. Some accountancies are doing well. Or you could be in category four, which is booming. And so category four is, you know, yeah. you sell hand sanitizer. Um, category four, you know, we've got a member in our Elevate program um, that sells uh, homeschooling curriculums. And so for the last year, yeah, <laughs> they've been booming, <laughs> booming. Yeah. And so the first thing is determine which are you because every category requires a different approach, right? And so yeah. what we might do even, Law, is um, team for everybody yeah. that's on, Beth, I won't mention everybody, but Beth, Mel, Taylor, Tiff, Tony, you can see you all there. Let us know in the chat box which category you are in. Let us know in the chat box which category you're in. Most businesses in Australia right now are in Category 2. They're distressed. The second most common category is Category 1. Sorry, Category 2 is the challenge. The second most common category is Category 1, which is distressed. The third most common is Category 3, doing well, and the fourth, the the least common, is, is booming. Um, so it's to determine where you are. Secondly is to start to think about your business strategically. Yeah, thanks all. Uh, it's to start to think about your business strategically. Tony says she's challenged. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, now to think, yeah, Taylor's challenged as well. Tiff's challenged as well. Thanks, Tiff. Yeah, it's so interesting. Cool. So it looks like, yeah. Yeah, as I said, challenge is the most common category. And so that's that's important. Where are you? Because if you're challenged, you're going to approach things differently to if you were distressed, right? And so that, that's the first thing. Where are we? Second thing is to start to think strategically. When you think strategically, it's really important we think about the business holistically. Most business owners are really good at thinking about different parts of their business in isolation. It's like if you're a strong sales and marketing person, you'll think about the sales and marketing. If you've always been someone that's obsessed about and loved your product and your customers or your service and your customers, you'll be thinking about product and service development and delivery. If you're an internal systems person, you might just be thinking about operations. And so we tend to have a bias towards areas that are areas of the business that are familiar to us and that, that we've always kind of lived in, Right. And we, we need to get good as entrepreneurs as thinking across the breadth and depth of our company. That's what a great entrepreneur does is, is, is we're good at thinking about companies holistically. How we do that is what you mentioned, Laura, is we think through uh, what we at the Entourage call the six elements. And so essentially every business, whether you're an online company, whether you're face-to-face, whether you're bricks and mortar, whether you're B2C, B2B, doesn't matter, every business has six elements. And I'll run you guys through what they are quickly so that you can write them down and start to use this as a bit of a framework to think through the strategy of your business. The first element is marketing. We go out into the world and we generate interest and attention, right? Um, That's marketing. It's what Laura does 
uh, Lala Social Club do better than anybody. That interest and attention then comes through the door, right? Some people literally, for most of us metaphorically, the lead drops in the inbox of the email, comes in the inbox, lead drops in the CRM. And uh, at that point, it's our job to turn that interest and attention into a paid customer. So we call that sales. So the first element is marketing. The second element is sales. We've marketed it. We've sold it. What do we then need to do? We then need to deliver the product. The third element is product development and delivery or service development and delivery. So when, you, when you're sourcing your products or when you're developing your service, when you're delivering the product or service, your entire customer journey falls under element three. If I buy your product or service, everything that happens to me as a customer after that happens in category three. That's your customer journey. Uh, as Particularly as we go up the growth curve, the fourth element becomes increasingly important, which is operations, which is the internal workings of the business, the systems, the processes, the technology, how well each of the other functions are speaking to each other. Uh, the fifth element is finance, counting and managing the money and, and, and making sure even at a high level we've got a good grasp of it. And then the sixth element is the element that brings those first five functions to life. The sixth element is people, right? And so this is our leadership, our management, our culture, the feel of the place. And so um, when thinking about strategy, you want to think through all of those six elements. And I'll, I'll, I'll tie together because we spoke about the four categories, right? Are you distressed, challenged, doing well or booming? And, and then we've talked about the six elements. So I'll give you an example of why both these things matter. If you're distressed, right, so you're in category one, you're super distressed, then you probably need to start with product development and delivery because if you're distressed, it's because your business has been shut down and you, you probably need to launch a new product or service that you can deliver given the current restrictions that are placed on you and your business. And so you get to work building a new product as quickly as you humanly can and then you jump to marketing because it's about building the product and then it's about getting it out to the world. If you're in challenge to category two, we get most people coming going, should we launch new products and services? Most of the time, if you're in category two, the answer is no, you shouldn't. And and this and that surprises a lot of people. And the reason why I say that, if you're challenged, because you're not distressed, so you, you clearly haven't been shut down completely, right? And and here's the thing: when people think, should I launch a new product? What they fail to understand is you're not just launching a new product. Again, think through it through the six elements. When you're launching a new product. How are we taking it to the world? How are we going to market it? What's the branding position of this particular product or service? What's the messaging around it? Are we, are we setting up the landing pages? Is, is the opt-in form? What's the marketing journey they're going to go on? What's the sales process? We've got salespeople. Are we going to train them on it? What sort of conversions do we need? How many leads do we think we can generate? What's our cost per lead going to be? How many sales are we going to make? And then product development and delivery, how are we going to develop it and deliver it? Operationally, how are we going to bed it into the rest of the organisation so that it's not a you know an orphan sitting off over there that, that doesn't really have a home? Like how are we embedding it in? From a financial management perspective, how do we even know it's going to be profitable? Like we've got to think through the, the costs of this thing and and, and, yeah. and and it's going to take our focus away from our core products or services. So there is going to be a dip in other revenue line items. What, what effect is that going to have? And the sixth element is people, which is, how are we going to train our people on it and when? And, and do they even want to be trained on something new right now? And so now the answer to that might, or the answer to all that might be yes, and, and then you do start a new product. But most of the time if you're challenged and not distressed, you're better off doubling down on the sales and the marketing of your existing products than you are of launching new ones. 
And when you think through the six elements and think through the different four categories and go, where am I? When you think through the six categories, it enables you to make smarter decisions because you're now thinking about the business holistically and you're thinking through realistically uh, what are the different things needed in order to do each move. Because across the six elements, a change in any area is a change in every area. A win in any area is a win in every area, and a loss in any area is a loss in every a loss in any area is a loss in every area. And so, thinking through the six elements enables you to think strategically more intelligently. And then step three, we spoke about a moment ago. Laura was was get get busy doing what the strategy tells you. And so, if you're challenged, then you probably want to get busy changing your sales and marketing to speak to the relevant times. You might pivot your product or service delivery a little bit if you need to to suit the times, but really you're probably not launching new products and services. If you're in category one, you look at the six elements, you probably need to launch a new product and then go straight to marketing and sales. And so it's like, where are we? Look at our business strategically across the six elements. Do what is obvious. Ah, That's so, so, so helpful because I think as well, I love what you said about we have a natural bent to mm. something because I I am like, oh, let's launch something new mm. then. Like let's just, let's, yeah, yeah. totally. And, and I do see that, oh, man, that stresses our team yes. out. Um, and also I think the idea of, okay, well, if you're in that challenge space, doubling down yeah. is super, super yeah. important. So does anyone else who's, who's listening to this live, we've, like we've had a few people answer challenge, is anyone else in another category? Like, is anyone else feeling like I'm actually doing really well? Which is cool or as well. Like, I've got a few friends and I'm like, how you doing? And they're like, mate, I'm actually doing really well. I just don't want to tell anyone because I'm feeling so guilty. Yeah. I'm like, don't feel guilty. Like, you know, like if, if someone's challenged or distressed and you're doing well, they'll probably like, they'll probably like enjoy, you know, feeding off your hope for a moment. So, yeah, don't, yeah. don't feel guilty if you're doing well. That is so, so helpful. So determine where you are, think strategically, and and just thinking in terms of those six categories, yeah. I think that is just so, it kind of takes the emotion out of it, doesn't it? Like a, the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, crap, i got to launch a new website yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like it just and makes it like. Yeah, and what you said, Laura, is exactly what most people do. So it's completely understandable. It's like we've got to launch something new. And and what we always do as entrepreneurs is we underestimate the work and the challenges that come with something new and we yeah. and yeah. we kind of overestimate the challenges of doubling down on the existing, right? And so I am always a big believer in focus. It's it's a tough argument to get me to agree to launch a new product or a service. Like you, like cuz you have to be convinced as the proprietor that all of the energy, the costs, the pivoting and the lost revenue of your existing products or services is all going to be made up and then some by something that's new and unproven. It's a hard argument. Unless you've been yeah. shut down, then it's not a hard, hard argument because your existing product lines aren't making anything, so making more than nothing is relatively simple rock and roll. But, but, if, but if you're challenged and not distressed, it, it's a hard argument that, that launching something new and quickly is going to dr- drive more revenue, more cash, more profit or less losses than your existing products or services. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So we've got to double down on what has 
proven to mm. work if we're still mm. operating, you know, like the example of the gym, it's like, okay, well, we, we need to, yeah. we can't yeah. operate. Yeah. So we need to exactly. move into, yeah, yes. Like in 2016, so, I could not operate my existing products beyond three months. It's like you got to launch a new product in that in that instance, right? You, you, you have to. So if your hand is forced, your hand is forced. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if, if your hand isn't forced, then it's worth considering. Mm. Yeah. I think that is so, so wise because I know myself I'm like, oh, this totally like this doesn't take much time. To, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're thing. so good at that Every time. aren't we? We completely <laughs> underestimate the work that goes into everything. And we think we can do it all uh, yesterday and our team are looking at us like, are you that delusional? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the answer is often yes. <laughs> <laughs> often it's like, yeah, I actually I said to one of the girls recently, I was like, this is our plan. I think it was when we launched the podcast and I said, I have this process and naturally I'm not very process driven. Mm. I, yeah. <laughs> it's not my and I handed her the process and was like, I need you to poke poke holes in this whole thing. And she was like on it. Like she was like, great, I can do that. And it was so good because she was like, how does this get yeah. sent to here and who does this? Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, because you're the, you're <laughs> the visionary. Like it's almost a to do what you've done, to do what I've done, to do what most entrepreneurs do, almost requires a unrealistic optimism around forecasting the work and yeah. the costs and the time required. It's it's just the other side of the same coin. It's just yeah, the other well, side of our strengths. Yeah. And I, I imagine like right now I think about um, I saw an interview actually with a hairdresser who is, is based in Sydney and she's just kind of like our whole industry, we don't know who's going to be here after mm. this. You know, they can't operate. And she just said, no one knows how hard it is to run a small business unless you've done it. And I think yeah. it's so true. And I think that's probably why it yeah. attracts optimists <laughs> because we don't think, we don't necessarily think, or at least we think the, the, we believe and it's, and it's great that we do this, but we believe that the, the yes. risk is worth the reward. And so it, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, our, our sweet spot is yeah. new things, new ideas and, and changing things up when actually also I think thinking about our audience, given how much noise there is online, launching, mm. becoming known for a new product, becoming known mm. as a specialist mm. in a certain area or mm. launching this new offering mm. can be kind of tricky because yeah. it's just hard to cut through existing right spaces now. in your consumer's mind already. Double down on that. It's it's yes. hard to 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 then change yeah. and then, yeah, yeah. You 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 only yeah. you want to pivot as little as possible in order to be as healthy as possible. Yeah. yeah. I just have one more question for you, and then I'd love to um, jump into some questions. If anyone yes. is here live, have any questions in the question box. Hit us. Up with the questions, and one of the questions that we'd received before this, before we jumped on the call, is was, should I be launching something not right now? And I mm. feel like we've we've definitely answered that. 
Um, my final question for you, Jack, is what are you doing right now to overcome fatigue and burnout and stay really energized yeah, and focused? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, if, I, if I sort of transport back to 2016 and 17, the, the things that we do to maintain and optimise ourselves personally um, become the most necessary when we're under the most pressure, but they're the first things that we let go of when we're under the most pressure. And so you want to rethink that. And it comes, yeah. So can you say that again, Jack? The things that we do to take care of ourselves meditate, yoga, exercise, yes. don't eat too much crap, don't drink too much wine, right? Don't, don't, um, yeah. Yeah. Just don't, yeah, don't exactly. Don't check emails at nine o'clock. That kind of stuff. Kind of well being yeah. strategies, happiness yeah. strategies, whatever you want to call them. They become more necessary when we're under pressure. But they're the first things that we let go of when we're under pressure because we, we drink a little bit more wine or we watch a little bit more Netflix or we check out, start to check out emails more often because we're obsessive and we're in fear, right? And so it's the very things that you stop doing when you're under pressure that you should do more of, which is look after you first. It's really important. You know, you were talking, Laura, before about, you know, there was a day there was people talking about the vaccine being bad and people talking about you have to take the vaccine. And it's like, it's like confusing, right, and it's overwhelming. Here's the thing, team, and I, I really want you to hear me when I say this. There is a deep part of you that is unmoved and unwavering amongst everything that's going on in the world right now. And the more you can tap into and tune into that part of you, the more grounded and the more stable and the more healthy you'll feel, regardless of what's going on in your business. And so you want to connect with that part of yourself. And, and, and you, how to do that, you do exactly what we spoke about at the top of this conversation. Do less of the stuff that pulls you away from your natural state of well-being and do more of the stuff that you know makes you healthier, more nourished uh, and happier as much as humanly possible. So, so exercise every day. You know, Jack, I've got 150 staff, we're going broke. Okay, then exercise twice a day. Right. Jack, you want me to meditate for two times 20 minutes per day? Yeah, don't have the time. Okay, meditate three times 20 minutes per day. It's like <laughs> like that, yeah. That you need to, you need, you cannot fill from an empty cup. And we've got a lot of empty cups walking around the world right now. And um, so the best thing you can do to, to be more nourished and, and to be more resilient, to be more creative and more intelligent and more resolute and a better leader and a better partner and a better friend and a better example through this time is to look after and nourish yourself so that you can be that example. Oh, yeah, that's so, so, so good. And it's so true that we do throw out the things mm. that make us. And I think also when you don't see, you're not seeing mm. your family as much, you're not kind mm. of connecting with people as much. Like I think it is 
it does take a bit to get your brain into, okay, mm. well, I need to FaceTime, I need to Zoom, I need to, like, um, we're having a Cards Against Perfect. Humanity Girls Night Perfect. this weekend. Yes, <laughs> love it. <laughs> so yeah, totally, totally, that is so, so helpful, Jack. So, oh, I feel like that, yeah, that's so, mm. so what we needed to hear. Anyone here who is live, do you have any questions for Jack? You know, anything specific about your business, your situation? We've we've got time for a few questions if if you feel like I think sharing. that last conversation resonated. Tony says brilliant. Mel's giving us the thumbs up. Yes. Tip says can relate. Tony's question. Laura watching light bulbs as Jack was talking was so good. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Tony's typing a question as we speak. (laughs) So that's so helpful. So I'm going to recap what Jack said just to kind of give everyone takeaways. So first step we need to do is we need to determine Mm. where we are right now we are let let people i think most people here kind of are sitting in that challenge state but if you're listening to this after are you in category 1 which is distressed mm. category 2 which is challenged category 3 which is doing well or category mm. 4 where your business is booming then what we want you to do is think strategically and jack can you run us through those yeah, six sure. categories one more time sales product development and delivery operations finance, and people. Awesome. So we're thinking strategically about those things. And then when we know what our focus area is, we get busy implementing that strategy and we just go out and get it done. So Tony has a question. Jack, do you assume you're taking this, Jack? So Tony says... I get in my mind how something should be done, i.e. like a photo shoot. Laura knows this. I'm assuming that this is a client of yours. Yes. You find it hard to deviate from the plan <laughs> if it can't go to the original plan due to COVID. I get impatient, but maybe I'm sabotaging myself by not adapting. Yeah, really good question. Tony, my question is, are you getting impatient or are you getting frustrated? And as a sp- both. <laughs> As a species, we are experiencing a global lesson in non-attachment. A global lesson in non-attachment. Mm. And so if I go back to pre-2016, I was attached to, everything, attached to my ego I was attached to my business going exactly the way I thought it should in the business plan. I was attached to the identity that's attached to a successful business. I didn't have much identity outside of being someone with a successful business. I was attached to people viewing me a certain way. I was attached to our forward-looking financial forecasts. I was attached to being right. I was attached to 
being dominant. If something wasn't, if something was recalcitrant, I'd fucking try and wrangle it into doing what exactly what I wanted to do. I was, I was, just, I was attached to everything, everything, everything. And attachments will kill you and they'll disconnect you from yourself and they'll disconnect you from others and they'll disconnect you from your genius and they'll disconnect you from your soul because attachment is just another word for fear, which is like you can you can love your business and you can enjoy your business and, and most of us do unless we're in challenged or distressed. But, you know, you can love somebody without being attached. You can intend for an outcome to occur without mm. being attached right one is coming from love one is coming from fear and so tony what's really resonating right now this says tony love that thank you tony um what's really coming up for you is <laughs> the universe is giving you exactly what you need because any structure made from the ego is brittle i'll say that again any structure made from the ego is brittle and attachments are made from the ego. They're a fear-based mechanism and they are brittle. And so the world shakes underneath them, they collapse and that, that results in suffering for the individual. And so having attachments isn't good. 2016, 17, 18 was the most fucking painful years of my entire life. They're the best thing that ever happened to me because it helped my attachments dissolve and so tony what i would uh in integrate is a conscious practice meaning you're doing it consciously so you're aware you're doing it it's going to require focus it's going to feel uncomfortable it's going to feel new it's going to feel icky but you're bringing conscious focus to it and you're going to practice no different to practicing the piano or practicing the violin you might suck at first but you keep practicing and you get good you're going to bring conscious practice to non-attachment okay i've got a photo shoot with law next tuesday right hypothetically talking on behalf of tony and so Tony might. Sorry, okay, good. I like your partner. Your wise partner. That's something. That's, that's a good thing. A gift. Um, okay, great. I'm looking forward to the photo shoot with Laura. Um, what am I going to wear to the photo shoot with Laura? And I'm going to be okay if the photo shoot with Laura doesn't go ahead, or if it's necessitated that it needs to go ahead somewhere else or sometime else. And so you, you're. You're still being an outcome-orientated person, but there's a degree of surrender to the non-attachment. Mm. Yeah, that's so, so, so helpful. Tony, I feel like I'm excited to hear what you're going to do about this. I mean, just at a practical level. Any other questions from... Can can you just get creative with... Because here's the other thing that when we're attached... It takes us out of the present moment, it takes us into fear, and it takes us away from our intelligence. Whereas if whenever a change comes, you don't get rocked outside of yourself and you don't get yeah. disconnected from self, but you can stay grounded as much as is practicable, you will come up with better, more intelligent, more creative solutions faster and with, and with less angst. And so it might be like, can, you know, like I'm filming a two-day event on the 24th and the 25th. We'll have like 500 people there. 
and we're going to do it at a studio here in Melbourne. Now, I'm operating now on the basis that we're going to be in lockdown and so we're doing like a studio at home thing. I don't even know what it involves, but like at a high level, essentially the studio that we're going to use brings the stuff, they leave it out so they won't even come into the house because it's illegal. They leave it there and then I think I bring it in. My team are organising mostly. I bring it in and I think I get on FaceTime with them and I set it up. And so I'll be filming here in this room. And I, I am the furthest thing from a videographer you have ever met in your entire life. To like, it's like, <laughs> okay, and, 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 you know, and, and then if, if that gets too technical for me, then I'm going to do it on my laptop and be perfectly happy doing it on my laptop because it will create a more intimate experience between me and the audience. Yeah. And so there's always practical things you can do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so, so good. And I just do want to touch on, I'm going to send everyone a link to this event that you're hosting, Jack, because I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, if you're joining us live, if you're listening to this later, if you can get along to Mm. this, it's going to be super, super Mm. beneficial. So it's called the Elevated Entrepreneur Experience. And I think now is such a good time Mm. for us as business leaders A, to see ourselves as leaders, but B, to really work on, okay, where are we going with our business? What are the key areas we need to focus on? What's going to move the needle? What's going to actually help us to grow our business? And how can we do it in a way that doesn't cost us our families, our mental health? Like I think it's just such a unique, the way that Jack and the Entourage approach it, it's so unique because it's really about how can this actually elevate every area of your life, not just, oh, I've got an awesome business, but I like, I don't have any time for my family or to have a hobby or whatever. So I really encourage you to jump in and check that out. I'm going to send you guys a link because um, I reckon that's going to be really an epic um, experience as well. Tony's asking Jack if it's recorded. Um, I'm not sure what we're planning to do with the recording. If you can get there for those two days, it's obviously digital, Tony, so you can attend from any asking because of kids, yeah. Um, Attend as much of it as you can and then then whatever you miss, make up with with the recording. If you attend, you get the recording. I'm just not sure whether whether we sell the recording separately, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's 39 bucks. It's like cheap as cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I'm going to send you guys the link. Um I really reckon that's going to be super beneficial. Um but Jack, thank you so much for joining us. I've just been furiously taking notes. I think it's just so helpful and I I really want to encourage everyone listening. We really need to mm. like the big takeaway for me is manage your mental health. Manage the input that you have, like for the amount of output that we have going on, the amount of extra things we're doing and focusing on and responding to and all of the extra kind of stimulus that there is, we really need to manage our input and make sure that we're doing things that energise us and kind of regenerate us. um, I just want to acknowledge when you talk about this, I mean, even before we, we started the webinar tonight, you talk about it with such a deep care and such a deep empathy that comes from such a pure place. 
um, your care for 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 the for your audience and the people that you're looking after at the moment is palpable. So thank you for that. Thank you for being an example of a, of a conscious and compassionate human being that's highly fucking capable of what they're doing. Um, yeah, feel it, feel it. Thank you. That's very, very kind. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you loved this, just share it with a friend. We're gonna like we're just gonna make there be make there be a replay. We're gonna just we're just gonna let there be a replay. We're gonna make there be a replay. Let the replay play. <laughs> was anyone recording this? Nate, Nate's yeah, a great was, man. Was was. Yeah. <laughs> Nate was, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, that is so good. Tony, thank you. Taylor, thank you. Mel, to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, team. Thanks. So, so, so good. Thank you, Jack. You are a legend. <laughs> Appreciate you. Oh, gosh, what am I doing? End session. Uh-huh. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening in and thanks for sharing this episode. If you are struggling in lockdown, if you can't operate your business right now, I hope that you found this inspiring and I hope that you found this helpful for where you're at right now. I want to encourage you to share this episode with some business buddies. If you if you have other business friends who are in the same boat, share this around and check out our show notes to follow Jack and see his work at The Entourage. I know that you'll find everything he puts out there is super encouraging and practical for business owners. I just want to say you're doing incredible and, you know, I feel like we're going to get through this weird time and I, I just really want to encourage you to just take it day by day. You know, we've got to stay resilient. We've got to really do the work to keep our mindset right in this time. If you could see the visual, like the video of this, you would see my face being like, I was furiously taking notes and anyone in the live masterclass would have seen my brain being like, what? Like, <laughs> that is so good. So helpful. So Anyway, if you want to see the video, I guess you could send me a message and I'll send you the link. But for now, I just want to say, keep doing your thing. We're all in this together. And I'm really kind of just hoping that you feel empowered and excited to actually focus on the right things and focus on what's really going to help your business to not only just survive this time, but to actually thrive. So that is my encouragement to you. Share it with your friends and I will see you here same time, same place next week. Go get them.